Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by, and welcome to the Monday.com Q4 Fiscal 2021 Earnings Conference Call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during this session, you will need to press star than one on your telephone. Please be advised that today's conference is being recorded. If you require any further assistance, please press star then zero. I will now like to turn the conference over to your speaker for today, Byron Stephen. You may begin. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us on today's conference call to discuss the financial results for Monday.com's fourth quarter and fiscal year 2021. Joining me today are Roy Mann and Aaron Zinman, co-CEOs of Monday.com, and Eleron Glazer, Monday.com's CFO. We released our results for the fourth quarter and fiscal year 2021 earlier today. Our earnings materials are available on the Investor Relations website at ir.monday.com. There you will find the investor presentation that accompanies our prepared remarks and a replay of today's webcast under the News and Events section. Certain statements made on the call today will be forward-looking statements, which reflect management's best judgment based on currently available information. These statements involve risk and uncertainties that may cause actual results to differ from our expectations. Please refer to our earnings release for more information on the specific factors that could cause actual results to differ materially from our forward-looking statements. Additionally, non-GAAP financial measures will be discussed on the call. Reconciliations to the most directly comparable GAAP financial measures are available on the earnings release and the earnings presentation for today's call, which are posted on the Investor Relations website. With that, let me turn the call over to Roy. Thanks, Byron, and thank you, everyone, for joining us today. We had another great quarter at Monday.com and ended the fiscal year of 2021 exceptionally strong. During the past quarter, revenue grew by 91% compared to the fourth quarter of 2020. We are again seeing strong revenue growth across all verticals, customer segments, and geographies, with over half of our revenue coming from outside the U.S. Let me discuss three main factors that drove our strong top-line performance. First, we remain highly focused on acquiring new customers. In 2021, we added 38,000 net new customers, bringing our total customer count to 152,000 customers, representing 34% growth from the prior year. Second, we are seeing great momentum with large customers. In Q4, the total number of customers with more than 50K in annual recurring revenue was 793, up 200% from a year ago. The enterprise tiers remain our fastest growing customer tier. New accounts with 100 plus users are now more inclined to take enterprise tier as default as we continue to add more value to the tier. During the last quarter, we enhanced the enterprise tier by adding several new administrative and security features, including content directory, audit log, and encryption key enhancement. These improvements will allow enterprise customers to manage and grow their business with confidence and ease, while making their data more secure than ever. Third, we continue to see strong expansions within our existing customer base. Once customers adopt the WorkOS platform and realize its value, their usage often grows organically, expanding across use cases and departments. In Q4, net dollar retention for customers with more than 10 users improved to over 135%. Customers with more than 10 users now account for 72% of our ARR, up from 63% a year ago. Overall, net dollar retention rate for all customers improved to over 120%. As a reminder, our net dollar retention rate is trailing four-quarter weighted average calculation. Our continued net dollar retention rate improvements are further proof to our ability to deliver strong ROI and a great user experience for our customers. Let me now turn it over to Iran to walk you through some exciting product announcements. Thank you, Roy. We continue to take our product innovation to new heights. As we give our customers more capabilities to easily create software applications and work management tools that suit their needs, our mission is to allow anyone to run the core of their business on Monday.com. 
That's why we're so excited to announce today that we are expanding from one product into a product suite that will further push our mission forward. Going forward, our users will be able to switch between products within their WorkOS platform so they can unify work across their organization. These new products expand and augment our go-to-market strategy and create additional entry points for new customers to our platform. It is a great way for us to reach new audiences and to explore new markets. This quarter, we are thrilled to announce two new standalone products to the Monday ecosystem, Monday Workforms and Monday Canvas. These products continue our vision to cater to the beginning of work when teams first begin their projects, processes, and workflows. Let me first touch on Monday Workforms, which we launched in beta this past quarter. Forms are the beginning of so many workflows. People understand that they need to collect information with forms even before they know exactly what they're going to do with it later. We created Monday Work Forms to capture data and collect feedback with built-in conditions and data insights. Work Forms can be used for inventory tracking, order management, surveys, and much more. With Monday Work Forms, users can create personalized forms for their business with no-code form builder allowing users to easily set conditions to get the right information and reduce the back and forth. Monday Work Forms can easily embed any form to your website, launch in an email, and you can instantly share the link with all the stakeholders to see results faster. Once the form is completed, users can visualize and analyze data all in one place and generate shareable reports. Let me turn it back over to Roy to discuss Monday Canvas. Thanks, Aaron. In addition to Monday Work Forms, we are pleased to announce the launch of Monday Canvas. Ideas and innovation often begin in an unstructured space, and digital whiteboards have become the go-to tool for brainstorming and collaborating together. Monday Canvas provides users with real-time collaboration in a visual way on an infinite canvas that is full of brainstorming, editing features, and templates of any use case. In Monday Canvas, users can add sticky notes, do free drawings, create diagrams and user flows using shape and connectors, and add text using text blocks. Monday Canvas will help teams collaborate, brainstorm, and manage work together with more business impact. We are super excited about these new products, and you can now sign up and use them on workfarms.com and canvas.monday.com. Let me now touch on the continued success of Monday WorkDocs, which is out of beta and available to 100% of our customers. It's amazing to see how much our customers love Monday WorkDocs. Over 60,000 customers are using Monday WorkDocs for a range of use cases and industries, such as marketing, operations, CRM, and more. Monday WorkDocs remain one of the fastest adoptions of a building block we ever had with customers having created over 800,000 WorkDocs to date. Lastly, we were proud to be named CRN's 2021 Tech Innovator Award winner for Office Productivity Software during the fourth quarter. This award reflects our investment in research and development and our ability to hire top talent are paying off. Let me now turn it back to Iran to further discuss our expanding WorkOS ecosystem. Thanks, Roy. This is all super exciting. We continue to grow and empower our strong partner ecosystem by allowing others to more easily operate and build on top of our WorkOS platform. Let me first touch on our apps marketplace, which continues to expand. We now have over 100 applications that have been developed on top of the WorkOS platform. In this quarter, we are pleased to announce that we have gone live with a new built-in payment solution for the apps marketplace. This new solution will enhance developer abilities to monetize their applications. No longer will our marketplace partners and external developers need to develop and manage their own monetization system. It will also create a better overall experience for our users as they can now easily pay within the WorkOS platform and manage their payments all in one place. We are also excited to announce that we have expanded the partnership we have with KPMG and signed a strategic alliance agreement with the firm. This alliance leverages the business insights of KPMG with the low-code, no-code technology of Money.com to build enterprise-grade solutions that empower KPMG member firms across the world to deliver 
strategic operating models to customers on top of an agile work operating system. With the announcements of this alliance, Mind.com joined a select network of leading technology and data companies working in alliance with KPMG to solve pressing business challenges and accelerate digital transformation. We are super excited to grow together with KPMG as we continue to expand globally and push the boundaries of the way enterprises work. Lastly, I'd like to briefly touch on our progress with the Digital Lift Initiative, which we launched as part of our June 2021 IPO. As a reminder, the Digital Lift Initiative was established to further our mission of closing the digital divide between the for-profit sector and the non-profit sector. For every dollar of revenue we earn, we have committed to donating up to $1 worth of Money.com licenses to non-profit teams. To date, Money.com has donated licenses worth over $7 million of ARR to over 5,000 nonprofits in 52 countries. For us, it's just the beginning. The Digital Lift Initiative is open to all nonprofits across the globe. We believe our commitment to ESG will play a large role in shaping the future of Money.com, our values, and our ecosystem in the coming years. With that, I'll now turn it over to Eliran to cover our financial and guidance. Thank you, Iran, and thank you to everyone for joining our call. Today, I will review our most recent financial results in detail and provide initial guidance for the first quarter and full fiscal year 2022. We are extremely pleased with the way we finished the year. Total revenue in the fourth quarter came in at $96 million, up 91% from a year ago. This brought our fiscal year 2021 revenue to $308 million, an increase of 91% from the prior year. These results demonstrate our continued expansion within our existing customer base and acquisition of new larger customers. We continue to execute against an ambitious hiring plan. We ended the year with 1,064 employees globally. This represents an increase of 51% from a year ago, with the majority of additions coming from R&D, sales, and marketing. We continue to have ambitious goals for hiring these categories for the foreseeable future. For the reminder of the financial metrics disclosed, unless otherwise noted, I will be referencing a non-GAAP financial measures. We have provided a reconciliation of GAAP to non-GAAP financials in our earning release. Gross margin came in at 90%, up from 88.6% in the year-ago quarter. R&D expense was $15.4 million, or 16% of revenue. We will continue to invest significantly in R&D as we position Monday.com to drive durable growth and win our large addressable markets. Sales and marketing expense was $69.4 million, or 73% of revenue, compared to 107% in the year-ago quarter. The improvement was driven primarily by continued efficiencies as we continue to scale our sales and marketing spend to focus on customers with enterprise customers and 10 plus users, which now account for 72% of total ARR in Q4. GNA expense was 11.1 million or 12% of revenue compared to 10% in the year ago quarter, reflecting increased cost of being a public company. Operating loss was 9.9 million and operating margin improved to negative 10%. Net loss was 11.7 million and loss per share was negative 26 cents. Moving on to the balance sheet and cash flow. On a GAAP basis, we ended the quarter with approximately 886 million in cash and cash equivalents. Net cash providing by operating activities was 13.5 million in the quarter. Adjusted free cash flow was 10.1 million and was driven by strong collection stemming from our continued strong billings. Adjusted free cash flow is defined as net cash from operating activities, less cash used for property and equipment, and capitalized software cost, excluding non-recurring items. We are very proud of our achievements during this exceptional year and look forward to carrying the business momentum into 2022. Now, let's turn to our outlook for fiscal year 2022. For the first quarter of fiscal year 2022, we expect our revenue to be in the range of 100 million to 102 million representing growth of 70 to 73% year-over-year. We expect a non-GAAP operating loss of 47 million to 45 million. This includes one-time Super Bowl advertising cost of $8 million. For the full year 2022, we expect revenue to be in the range of 470 million to 475 million, representing a growth of 53 to 54% year-over-year. 
We expect a full-year non-GAAP operating loss of 147 million to 142 million and a negative operating margin of 31% to 30%. With the large market opportunity and customers increasingly adopting the BroaderMonday.com work operating system platform across their organizations, we are committed to investing aggressively in our company. We will continue to prioritize growth, which we believe is the best interest of our shareholders, employees, and customers. Let me now turn it over to the operator for questions. Thank you. As a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, that's star one to ask the question. To withdraw your question, press the pound key. Please stand by while we compile the Q&A roster. Our first question comes from the line of Cash Rangang with Goldman Sachs. Your line is open. Hi. Thank you so much, and congratulations on a spectacular finish. Uh, a strong top-line growth rate, and also you generating free cash flow, which is uh, very remarkable. Uh, question for the you know, for the team: uh, Can you tell us a little bit more about how the breadth of use cases is evolving for the companies? Because we all know that Mother.com is not about just project management; something beyond that. The concept of WorkOS. We can elaborate a little bit on the breadth of use cases, and also touch upon uh, the competitive environment. Are you pulling away, or uh, how, how do things look? from the standpoint of uh, um, the traditional competitors. And uh, I guess on the financial front, the, 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 the disconnect is that you're generating better than expected operating margins, better than expected free cash, which is great. But the guidance uh, has not really changed that much for calendar 22 uh, relative to the time you went public with respect to non-gap operating losses. So can you help us bridge the tremendous progress you're making on the financials with the very conservative uh, financial outlook? operating margins. Thank you so much, and congrats. Okay, cool. Thank you, Cash. Hi. Um, so I'll start with the use cases, and uh, Eliran will continue on the, on the second part. So um, so it's true. Uh, Monday has so many different use cases, and I think you can look at it in two different ways. One is horizontals. So we are also a CRM as much as a project management tool, we are also used as a team for our tool for our and d teams to manage their work for marketing teams. So that's like an horizontal view. But then we have uh, over 130 different uh, business use cases where you see different types of businesses from uh, manufacturing plants that use Monday to run their operation to clinical trial research uh, to really any kind of business out there and also uh, 70% of our uh, customers come from non-tech segments, like not tech uh, companies. So we see a really wide spread usage of uh, Monday throughout those different verticals and through horizontals. So it really is uh, reaching, uh, you know, the 1.3 billion information worker that, uh, you know, this is our vision to, to enable them to work better. Uh, so thank you, and Liron can touch on the second part. Yeah. Thank you, Roy. Hi, Cash. Uh, so truly, we had an exceptional year, and uh, in 2021, and would like to provide the responsible guidance for 2022 and demonstrate, continue to demonstrate hyper growth at scale. Um, so few things that we have to take in mind. Um, we are now, as we said in Q2, we now would like to invest in further grow the business, not only in 2022, but also beyond 2022. Therefore, we took advantage of the fact that we finished the year with cash flow positive, much ahead of what we said even in the IPO. Uh, we have a massive opportunity ahead of us. This is the time for us to grab land, to uh, increase our market shares, and as you saw in the script, we are coming with new products. Innovation and product roadmap is a big thing for us this year. So we said let's take advantage of the fact that we are actually well ahead of what we anticipated or where we anticipated to be and continue to invest and drive hyper growth for the foreseeable future. So this is the number one priority for us, uh, but we do it with scale and therefore also mindful to the returns that we are doing um, and other uh, business initiatives that we're currently pursuing. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Brent Brasselin with Piper Sandler. Your line is open. 
Thank you, and uh, good uh, morning, good evening. Um, I want to start with uh, the new products you talked about, uh, Workforms and, and Canvas. Could you talk a little bit about pricing uh, and then talk a little bit about kind of adoption trends? How broadly could these products be cross-sold in the installed base? Thanks. Yeah, uh, thanks, Brent. This is Zaran. Uh, so first of all, we're very excited uh, to launch these two new products. This is the first time for us as a company that we expand um, our product line, adding two new products, and basically um, giving a product suite to our customers. Um, currently, our focus was to build two new products where we feel people start to do their work. Uh, so people might start uh, a new process or a new project with a form to capture data, or to manage internal requests. Uh, and also people might start with a whiteboard just to organize their thoughts or to start a process. We see this as a huge opportunity to capture um, new, new markets um, and new people that might be potential users for the platform over time. Uh, so those are going to be independent product, uh, products, and we're going to charge for them separately. People will be able to use them. But we feel that both forms and whiteboards are never um, – you know, the goal. They're uh, on the path to achieve something. And basically by allowing them to use uh, both of those products and then over time also uh, integrate with Monday and continue the, the work and the process that started in each one of those tools might be a great leverage for us as a platform. So we see this as a strategic part of us uh, growing our ecosystem of products and capturing more users, more audiences, and more people that want to start any kind of work process uh, or a project. Helpful color. So it sounds like um, these are actually going after potential new lands, not necessarily new products going out and targeting, you know, big cross-sell opportunities. Yeah, helpful color there. I guess, Eleron, my last follow-up for you is just on, you know, free cash flow. Two, two, two consecutive quarters of, of positive free cash flow. Uh, I guess we can't quite call it a trend yet, but that's very impressive uh, execution there. As you think about the investments you're making in the coming year, it is a bit of a departure from what we've seen the last, you know, couple of quarters. Walk us through the, the biggest areas you're investing in. Is it still largely around sales capacity? Is it still tied to digital advertising? Just trying to better understand where you're prioritizing the investments in uh, 2022 here. Thanks. Uh, so, uh, Brent, uh, so with regard to your question, with regard to your question on free cash flow, so we're coming from an exceptional year, but we had COVID. So many things that we plan to do during the year, uh, even with Q4, we had Omicron. So getting back to normal, we're going to invest in having conferences. People will travel to see one another, exhibitions, company events. This is one area that we would like to continue to invest. Second thing is we accelerated hiring. So what we're doing, we saw the trend in Q4, which we had a massive hiring, continue, by the way, into the, the fiscal year 2022. So this is a place where we're going to invest significantly. In addition to that, we're going to do uh, things that relate to uh, new products and new investments uh, to address uh, new markets that we're currently not operating, to enhance our existing work operating system, uh, and to uh, grab land in, uh, uh, versus competition. So from our perspective, uh, investing in headcount, investing in, um, you know, getting back to normal, and with the uh, Eden brand, for example, the Super Bowl event that we did, that was an exceptional $8 million, these are the things that we are aiming this year. Hi, very, very, very helpful. Hey, uh, it's Roy. I'd love to add to Eliran that uh, we see a massive opportunity in our ability to grow this year. Uh, both in marketing, market demand, like in a lot of areas, and you know, it's like uh, makes us uh, uh, confident in investing a lot of money uh, to do that. Very helpful. Thank you. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Mark Murphy with J.P. Morgan. Your line is open. Yes, thank you very much, and I will add my uh, congratulations as well on just a fantastic uh, free cash flow uh, performance. I, I did want to start, Roy. You had you had uh, just mentioned, um, I believe, the the uh, the Super Bowl ad. What is your early sense of the uh, effectiveness of that ad 
that, for instance, did it drive website uh, traffic? Did it drive uh, free tier uh, signups? Uh, and, and, and you know, could it could it boost uh, customer metrics or uh, billings metrics in Q1? Any uh, any kind of insights would be greatly appreciated there. And then I have a quick follow up. Um, sure. So uh, thank you for the question. So actually, we we love the Super Bowl. It was amazing, and and we do like uh, being the data nerds that we are. We track everything, so we kind of measured uh, ramp up between countries and the website and searches and a lot of different things. Um, so we saw a, a big spike uh, following the ad itself. Uh, but for us, uh, it's mainly uh, uh, an ability to to jump to the next level of, of brand recognition in the world. It's a long-term play. It's not something, uh, you know, that uh, we measure on the day-to-day basis, although that was also great, and the, the overall coverage we got for the ad was amazing. Okay. Okay, excellent. And um, as a follow-up, uh, Eliran, if you, if you drill into the, the sequential change in uh, billings, and I think we, we understand uh, those numbers can, can bounce around, um, but I believe it's 15% for Q4. The prior uh, couple of years had been uh, 23 to 24%. The, so I'm curious just if, if there was any impact uh, to billings, perhaps stemming from duration or FX or uh, timing um, and any other factors. And, and if you might just have any thought on, uh, perhaps on how to model billings, if, if anything is unusual in that uh, setup for Q1. Uh, sure. So uh, with regards to billing, just as a reminder, our business model based on the ARR is 70% or more now actually is coming from uh, annual subscription and 30%-ish is coming from uh, monthly subscription. So we see some trend towards the annual, which obviously uh, we benefit from, but this is pretty much the trend. Um, as a leading indicator, this is one of the reasons why we, why we care about billings, but, you know, you cannot really forecast, uh, you know, the trend over time. Um, this is an important for us in terms of the health of the, of the business. When, you know, when we look at the return of the spend that we are doing, uh, either in performance marketing or sales and marketing, or sales, by the way, then we see the return, measure the return, then we kind of uh, forecast the billing that we are going to get. We have an algorithm to address this. Um, and with regards to our growth in the, for, in, the next, in the next year, this is the main driver of the cash flow and the billing. Uh, revenue growth this year was 91%, obviously uh, drove strong cash collection, uh, net dollar retention that was uh, above 120% uh, for uh, all customers and above 135% for 10 proof also is driving this. The growth in the enterprise customers is also a driver. So all of these unit economics are uh, main drivers of our ability to continue and collect and have a very healthy uh, billing model. Thank you very much. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Bobbin Siri with William Blair. Your line is open. Great. Thanks for taking my question, uh, team. I appreciate it. I, I want to touch a little bit on the 50K-plus cohort. Um, you know, growth there is really, really strong. I guess I'd love to understand a little bit about sort of who are you replacing as you're expanding or landing these larger accounts? Like, is there an incumbent, or is it still pretty much manual work process that you're, that you're replacing? And, and sort of how sophisticated are these workflows when you get above 50K? Is it sort of replacing sort of very sophisticated workflows? How, how should we think about what, what, what's, what's being done with Monday that was not able to do or poorly done with either other products or manual? How, how is that space? I'd love, I'd love to talk about that for a minute. Sure. So thank you, Bavon, for the question. This is Iran. Uh, so basically, as we scale into the enterprise, um, and again, this is right for uh, small businesses, but also for the larger companies, um, we see that 70% uh, of the deals, we see literally no competition. People use um, spreadsheets and emails and PowerPoints, and usually we displace those. Um, so taking what they used to do offline or using very basic tools uh, and using that uh, and replacing that with Monday. Uh, so it's not, it's, it's, it's not exactly replacing, but it's filling a lot of vacuum that exists within the organization. 
uh, people use a variety of tools and then move and use in Monday to fill all those gaps, all those processes that didn't have a place to be. And another thing that Monday plays a major role in is to integrate a lot of the tools that are being used already in the organization. So whether a company uses a, a CRM software or another project management tool, by integrating that into Monday, you create one place where you can reflect a lot of the data that happens in other departments within the organization, connect different people, and basically break the silo that exists because different people use different software. So it's not really displacing a, a, an existing software, but more about filling the vacuum and connecting everything else that's being used by the organization. Hey, uh, yeah. this is Roy, and yeah. I... Sorry. Uh, I can add to what Iran said that, yeah, that the use cases themselves can grow to be really complex and uh, doing a lot of things across departments, some stuff customers built like really blows our mind, and, uh, and but it happens gradually. You know, they onboard initially. Everyone uses it to track uh, the work uh, and and really uh, manage everything, and then it grows over time with complexity and our help uh, all the time. Uh, so that's kind of like the I don't know life cycle of, of uh, usually uh, most our customers. Got it. Yeah, and I agree with Iran. Like, like email and Excel is not automation, right? So, so that makes a ton of sense. I, I guess, you know, you, you guys have said earlier, you know, you're sort of data nerds, and we've all known each other a while. I know you are. Um, you know, the freemium model is something you guys started. You know, we all talked about is that the right way to do it, and it's obviously working really well. But I'd love to get a little more color on how that's impacting the top of the funnel activity and net new customers. Obviously, healthy growth there. But I guess what does the early data tell you about sort of customer awareness and the return you're seeing from the freemium strategy. I'd love to get a little more depth or color there. Yeah, um, so this is Iran again. So uh, the feature that we launched is very successful. Um, uh, so far we see in the, a significant increase in the amount of people that use the freemium version of Monday while not hurting our existing funnel. Uh, we mentioned that previously, but we A-B tested that uh, thoroughly and just to make sure it doesn't hurt the funnel, but actually add uh, a lot of free um, tier users. Uh, what we are seeing and, and actually seeing this accelerating as a trend is customers from the free tier moving into uh, and, and becoming paying customers. It's kind of um, a second wave, if you like, of, of those kind of customers, but we see this growing and accelerating. Uh, so this is very exciting. And also another thing that, unfortunately, we can measure is the awareness of the brand and people using Monday um, to do other things apart from work. So it's kind of hard to measure the effect of this, but definitely it has some effect of uh, the brand and the awareness of what Monday can do. Yeah, that's no, good to see that, that freemium conversion accelerate. I appreciate the color, guys. Uh, nice job, and thank you for taking my questions. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Viant Phil with Jeffries. Your line is open. Hi, thank you. This is... So I was hoping that maybe you could dig in a little bit more on the new products, Workforms and Canvas, uh, both being in beta. Um, just wondering when you expect those micro GA. And then the pricing is a little bit higher. I guess the Workforms, the standard is around $29. And um, wondering about, you know, the go-to-market for those, uh, as well as if you can shed any light on the pricing for Canvas. And lastly, how to think about contribution within the guidance for this year. Thank you. Yeah, so, so this is a run. Uh, thank you for the question. So, so basically we uh, just launched this product. Uh, they're now in beta. Um, we're actually still experimenting with pricing. The pricing also might be different. For example, uh, we might charge not per user with the forms, but uh, use different metrics to, um, uh, to price our product. Uh, so it's still work in progress. Um, as I mentioned, it's just the beginning. These are kind of new seeds of products that we uh, planted, and we will see the results in the future. Uh, from our perspective, um, we didn't take those products into account with our guidance and kind of um, revenue going forward, but we see this as the huge potential uh, for the next few years, both in user acquisition, as I've mentioned previously, but also as a revenue generator uh, over time. Again, it's early days. We'll still experiment in. We'll change the pricing over time. Uh, but we're very excited about this. We got some great initial feedback from customers. It seems like there's a huge need in the market for those kinds of products. So uh, we feel that it might be a great opportunity uh, with those going forward. 
this is Elian, maybe just to add to what Elian said, uh, also relate to a question earlier on wh- where we are going to invest. Innovation is one of the key drivers within Monday, and we speak about it a lot. So we would like to continue to innovate and add additional products over time, as I said, not only for 2022, and this is where we do some experiments, but also beyond. So with regard to the ecosystem, this is a place of, uh, of a higher, high focus of ours as part of our investment, continuous investment in R&D and adding additional resources. Thank you. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Andrew Tegospiri with the Beringberg. Your line is open. Thanks uh, for taking my question. Um, first on uh, the NRR progression, I mean, I, I noticed it picked, it picked up quite a bit in Q4 to 120% or above 120%. Um, and given this is a trailing metric, it sounds like you had a lot of expansion in the quarter. Can you maybe elaborate on, on what happened there and what was popular? And I have a follow-up. Yeah. Sure, Andrew. Thank you. Um, so, as we said, we are driving revenue and AR is being driven, driven by two main things. One is adding new customers, and as you can see, we have now over than 152,000 customers. And many of these customers that we add are becoming, uh, we start more than 80% of our ARR is coming from pro and enterprise tiers. And what you see basically is that once they are becoming uh, customers of Monday, there is an expansion process because we already have them as customers. And the salespeople are actually uh, expanding inside. And you can see that the ease of use of the product, the fact that we are already embedded inside, the fact, the fact that we have multiple champions is a key driver. And we, as we continue to go up market with customers with 10 plus users, now already represent 72% of total ARR, as well as the expansion within the enterprise account, this is basically driving this expansion within this existing customer base. Thanks for that. And then um, in terms of large-scale activity, um, maybe another way to ask you this question is, I think last quarter you, 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 you mentioned you were approaching seven-figure deals. I was just wondering if any were booked this quarter or if you're seeing any more activity on that front uh, for, for this year. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. So this is Aran. So definitely we see um, also acceleration in the amount of bigger deals that we managed to close. Another uh, data point that we can share is that we have several deals over uh, $1 million uh, for the first time. Uh, so this is also very exciting, but it's not a one-time thing. We see this as a trend uh, that continues to happen um, and expand over time. Uh, so definitely we managed to land bigger uh, deals and to close bigger companies using the product, uh, and we see this trend continuing in, in, uh, in 2022 as well. Thank you. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of DJ Hines with Counterchord. Your line is open. Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, congrats on the continued uh, momentum here. Um, as you think about the evolution to a, a product suite, as you kind of talked about in the prepared remarks, how do you envision that impacting the go-to-market motion? I mean, should, should we expect more in terms of kind of bundling and packaging various solutions? And, and I guess what could the implications be on, you know, landing ASPs? Hi, thank you. It's uh, Roy. So, um, yeah, we, we see this as a massive uh, go-to-market for us, an additional uh, go-to-market for us, mainly because the need for those tools is separate. And an important thing to note is that uh, these are complete standalone products, uh, uh, both uh, uh, forms, work forms and canvas. And so we expect it to be another addition for uh, different types of customers who may be looking for something else uh, other than uh, uh, a platform such as our WorkOS to join uh, the ecosystem in a separate place and then uh, be exposed to the suite of products and, and uh, maybe try out other stuff. So we definitely see opportunities all around with this approach. Got it. Um, and then a follow-up. Just with respect to kind of your, your new partnership with KPMG, like at at what spend level would would a partner like KPMG typically start to get involved? And and, and I guess you know, do you, do you anticipate that they could bring you customers that start near these levels, or is it more about you know helping you to kind of scale your more mature your more mature customers and their use cases? Hey, uh, it's uh, Roy still. So uh, yeah, so with. KPMG, uh, it's, it's a special uh, 
partnership because we see the future together. And I feel uh, KPMG, we, we, we managed to, to find a way to get into existing practices, okay, like digital transformations and others, and we're very, uh, uh, you know, ex experimenting a lot with, like, uh, carbon measurement and a lot of other stuff that I think will be the future for many different practices. So I think they see the no-code, low-code capabilities we have as a, as a big leverage to, to solve many big problems, and, and that's where it uh, uh, grew from. Got it. Okay. Thanks for the call, yeah. guys. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Derek Wood with Cowan & Company. Your line is open. Oh, good morning. Thanks. Um, well, my first question I wanted to touch on the um, the, the net revenue retention rate, uh, a 10-plus cohort, um, up from 119 to 136. That's a 17% increase. Really impressive. Um, so how, how much of that was improvement in churn, and, and how much of that was just pure expansion? And if, and if you looked at the expansion, uh, if you think about, you know, more viral adoption with better brand awareness or what you guys have done with direct sales and customer success teams? I mean, which area would you point to uh, ha having having great impact on it? Yeah, thanks, Derek. This is Aran. So, so basically, uh, it's a result of both. Uh, so we've both seen less churn with our cohorts, and also we see more expansion within existing users. Uh, the more expansion, uh, we can attribute that to our ability to allow uh, larger enterprises to use Monday and expand more, also product improvements that we introduced, and the fact that um, those companies can use Monday across multiple departments so they can expand more and more um, as they scale the deployment of Monday within the company. And also thanks to a lot of product improvements that we introduced this year, we see all those cohorts having less churn. Also, I think the feature uh, kind of a little bit contributed to that. You know, people are able to try the product more, uh, and then churn less and kind of have more confidence. So a lot of great things that we introduced to the product managed uh, to increase the net dollar retention. And as everyone mentioned, uh, it not only that the uh, net dollar retention itself grew, but also the proportion of the 10 plus user population have increased. So it's, it's a double kind of increase that we see within our um, customer base. So, um, you know, two great trends that, that we've seen, and we also see this kind of continue in 2022. That's uh, very helpful, Color. And, and maybe, Eleron, a follow-up for you on the on the operating income guide for 2022. <clears throat> Obviously, you guys, um, um, product development, R&D is going to be a big focus, um, as well as sales and marketing as you invest more in growth. But I wanted to unpack that sales and marketing um, a bit more. I mean, on the marketing side, is there is there any impacts from 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 IDFA that that's changing the calculus there? And then on the sales side, um, what should we expect? Kind of continue uh, headcount uh, growth levels as we saw in 2021. Uh, hey, Derek. Um, so with regard to the IDFA, this is less of a concern to us. It's mostly for the B2C companies. Uh, we don't see an issue with that in our B2B model. Um, with regards to the performance marketing, so when you think about our business model, we have a hybrid model, just as a reminder. Uh, we start with performance marketing, we generate the leads, and then there is the salespeople and the customer success and the partners that actually uh, the, continue the motion. So we are investing in both uh, these uh, categories. On one hand, continue to invest in um, performance marketing. We have a phenomenal unit economics, as you can see, uh, by the level of the cash flow, by the level of returns. But, and on top of that, we are bringing additional salespeople to the SMB uh, categories, to the mid-market, and to the enterprise. And this is a place, if you think about the way we plan our headcount growth this year, and this is why we said that we are going to accelerate hiring, we are front-loading expenses in the first quarter and in fiscal year 22 as a, as a whole, uh, in order to continue to drive the, the growth that we are seeing. So definitely continue to invest in sales, on headcount, already increasing the quota bearing significantly, also increasing the partners' channels uh, in places where we don't have uh, sales people, and continue also to expand our customer success management group that is also helping us a lot, which we knew of, and supporting the big customers who are becoming more meaningful. So investing at all fronts to drive further growth. 
Perfect. Thank you. Congrats on a great quarter. Thank you. As a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, that's star one to ask the question. Our next question comes from the line of Robert Simmons with D.A. Davison. Your line is open. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking our questions. Um, so I was wondering, uh, how much revenue are you expecting from the payment solution in the app marketplace, and how much is included in guidance? Can you repeat the question, please? Yeah, on the, on the payment solution that you have now in the, in the app marketplace, how much how much oh. revenue how much revenue from that is included in the guidance? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so thanks for the question, Robert. So this is uh, basically a new feature that we introduced uh, just recently. Uh, announced it now as part of the earnings call, so it's just early days. Um, very insignificant, uh, almost none uh, so far, and. Also, this year, we didn't um, uh, add this revenue as far as the guidance. So, again, this is, uh, for us, the beginning of uh, kind of evolution of our app marketplace. We see more and more developers uh, creating apps within the marketplace. Already some of them have created their own solution to monetize those apps, and we now introduce a way for those developers uh, to easily charge our customers uh, using the um, in-app um, payment systems, which will reduce the friction and allow more developers to charge uh, and build more applications that they can monetize. So definitely we're very excited about this, but again, it's early days, and um, this year it's going to be insignificant as part of our uh, revenue. Got it. Great. And then um, so it looks like both the number of clients and the revenue per client grew quite a bit in the last year. How much of the revenue per, growth, revenue per client growth is coming from kind of seed growth? And how much is it coming from other factors besides just the number of um, paid users? Robert, uh, so first of all, welcome on board. I think it's your first call. So we, when we look at, uh, you know, the revenue per client, because we have a large and diversified customer base, more than 152,000 customers, we don't really differentiate between the two. But if you want to think about the way the business model works is, is the combination of what we mentioned earlier. We have the new customers and the expansion. So there is a certain ratio between the two, and they basically, uh, when we look at the total revenue per client, uh, because of the diversity in the client, big clients versus small clients, the ACV is kind of a metric that we look, but we don't use as an indicator uh, of our business health. Got it. Great. Thanks for taking the questions. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Scott Berg with Needham. The line is open. Great. Hey, guys, this is John Godin. I'm Scott Berg. Thanks for taking my question. Um, just as far as 2022 goes, how should we think about the contribution from the partner channel for this year? And how have you seen that kind of evolving over the past couple of years? Thanks. So the partner channel is uh, something that we started very early in the life of Monday and we are very proud of. Uh, it continues to grow quickly. As a reminder, uh, in places where we don't have the salespeople, we have 11 offices around the world, uh, in Latin America, in Asia Pacific, in other places in Europe, we actually have uh, partners um, that are becoming very meaningful in our contribution of uh, total ARR. Uh, we have more than 150 channel partners globally. Uh, this is the, obviously the network uh, with key partner example you can see Slack, Google, Microsoft, Salesforce, Zoom, etc. But we also continue to hire internally uh, partner channel managers. Uh, they are becoming also very meaningful in our total headcount. Uh, so I would say that uh, they are very, very significant in our total ARR. Great. And just second on the word docs, uh, how are you kind of seeing customers use that functionality the most initially? Really, how do you think about quantifying that usage within the broader platform, you know, in the near term and maybe over the long term as well? Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Scott. This is Oran. So, so basically, WorkDocs we just announced is out of beta. Uh, we've made a lot of progress in, in terms of product innovation. Um, we mentioned this earlier, but the trend still continues. It's one of the fastest. Um, building block or feature that we ever released uh, with the highest adoption rate. Uh, more than 60,000 uh, existing accounts already using WorkDocs, and uh, um, those customers created over 800,000 uh, WorkDocs to date. 
uh, which they use and engage with. Uh, so it's, it's a very meaningful part of our platform. Uh, it, become, it became um, a, a meaningful part of what people do with the platform. And again, you know, the, the fact of this in terms of retention and usage um, and revenue, uh, we'll see over time, but in terms of engagement and usage and value that our customers get from WorkDocs, it's a phenomenal um, feedback and, and uh, statistics that we see so far, so we're very proud of that product. Great. Thanks, guys. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of George Awainsey with Oppenheimer. Your line is open. Uh, thank you for taking my question. So uh, with the continued aggressive hiring, can you give us maybe some perspective on how quickly the, the recent sales hires have ramped up? And you know, as you look at adding people this year, are there any changes in where you're focusing your hiring, either from a vertical perspective or a regional perspective? So, uh, hey, George. Um, yeah, so we continue to hire aggressively in the sales team. Uh, we also uh, did some initiatives that actually accelerated hiring. Uh, I can tell you that uh, in December, January, and February, uh, you know, in the, in, sorry, in Q4 of last year, December, November, December, and already the, the beginning of this year, we are getting very close to uh, achieving our target with regards to sales. Um, we are hiring uh, in Israel as well as in other places uh, in the U.S., in Europe, and in other places where we are now opening offices such as uh, Tokyo and Asia Pacific. This is in our plans, um, and this is something that we are uh, 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 pursuing aggressively. Okay, and just uh, one more question. Given the continued strong customer growth, are you seeing any changes in the, the way customers land, either from a use case perspective or the, the type of teams that uh, initially engage? So we see customers landing bigger as we have a very, uh, you know, thousands of use cases. Basically, we have a number of products uh, that customers are landing, project management, uh, work management, uh, we also see others like CRM, marketing. Uh, we have different uh, uh, solutions that we offer to the uh, customers, and we can see them coming from all kinds of uh, uh, directions as part of their search in Google or other uh, searching uh, uh, engines uh, online. Thank you. Thank you. I'm not showing any further questions in the queue. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes today's conference call. Thank you for your participation. You may now disconnect. Everyone have a wonderful day.